You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Matthew 24, Matthew 24 and 25 are the two chapters we're going to spend some time in. And uh, next week we get into the middle of the passage. Verse number 15 begins the tribulation. And so tonight it's not the tribulation, it's headed toward the tribulation in uh, chapter 24, verses 1 through about 14. The Bible says Jesus went out and departed from the temple. Brother Sloan made it so very clear, the, the photos and how he described, you know where the temple is now. And it's just right there. How many of you have ever, I've never been, how many have ever been to Israel? One, two, over here, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in here, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, wow, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, oh, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, wow, that's great, upstairs, 30, that's wonderful. Well, Sloan took a Golden State Baptist College tour there, Brother Moyer went with them, and uh, they would show it every day, and someone would get on the internet for me, I could see they're on the Sea of Galilee, that had to just be an, ex, an experience, and the, the, of course, the Dead Sea, and where our Lord begins his ministry in Matthew 4, while he's out that in, in chapter 1 and 2 of Mark, and then as he gets into uh, chapter 4 in Matthew, as he begins to teach him on another mountain at a different location, but not the Mount of Olives. Um, it, it, most people say it's called Mount of Olives because of the olive trees. And so that's why in elementary chapel day we began with the olive tree. And uh, kids were so good. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you that there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown, thrown down. Now we pick it up, we go to the Mount of Olives. It's also called Olivet. Mount Olivet, Mount Olives, the same thing. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? What are they talking about? When these stones will be all thrown down. When's this gonna happen? And what shall be the sign? Isn't it amazing as mankind, we always get wrapped up in a sign. Got to have a sign. Well, Jesus said, I'm coming again. Don't be troubled about it. Let not your heart be troubled. The Nolan's good to see you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And if I tell you these things, I'll come again to receive you unto myself. I would have to be of the persuasion like you. I just believe he's coming. And I believe he's coming soon. And saying that, my grandfather that I never did see, he died so early. But he was a German lay preacher in Wisconsin. My other grandfather that I saw a few times was a German lay preacher. They'd work on the farms and the factory, but they'd 
preach on Sunday in German Baptist churches. I remember my mother several years before her death saying, you know, son, we really believe the Lord's coming back, don't we? And I said, oh, yes, we do, Mom. But she said, you know, my dad, I think he died in 1938. She said, my dad used to preach that, maybe today. And she said, I wonder what he would think if he entered into our society today. I wonder what my mother and dad would think entering into politicians begging us to uh, believe in transgenderism for our children and changing their genders and mutilate their bodies. How can we get so far gone? What sign are we looking for? I'm, I'm not looking for a sign. I'm listening for a sound. The trump of God shall sound. He is coming again. He is coming again. This very same Jesus rejected right there. Of man, he's coming again. This, this text, stay right there because we'll look at it. This is where Acts 1.12, and I'll, I'll go there. You can just mark it down. Acts 1.12, Jesus was taken from the Mount of Olives when he ascended to heaven. And he returned to Jerusalem to the Mount called Olivet. And they came to the upper room, and there he ascended on high. As we read the scriptures, it's where Jesus ascended to heaven. As we read the scriptures in the book of 2 Samuel 15, it's where David fled to Mount Olivet when his son was chasing him. And I'm going to kill my dad. Can you imagine that? Uh, it's there in Ezekiel 11, 23. They call it the sacred mount. It's there, 1 Kings chapter 11, where they had idol worship to corruption. I, I don't know what the burning man thing is. I don't know what that's about, but sometimes a million people go to this annual thing out. This year it was, I don't know if it's a different location, but out in Nevada, they had 800,000, and uh, they burned huge nine-foot wooden idols. They fly in there in their individual jets, and they have nothing but filth and vomit and godlessness as they live with their rebellion and their gods. But apparently this year, God rained on them. And apparently the floods came in in the middle of the desert in September and wiped them out. And many of them were just right there, stuck for days, couldn't get out. It's blasphemy. Their idol worship and their climate change, their climate worship and all their isms that they, they propose. You know, it's, this mount was the same. They turned it to a place of corruption, 1 Kings 11. Zechariah, Brother Sloan referred to it, chapter 14, verse 3. When Jesus comes back, he's going to stand upon Mount Olivet. It's uh, Mount of, uh, the Mount of Olives where the Moabites and the Ammonites worship their gods. The Mount of Olives is the place where Jesus stood and wept over the city of Jerusalem in John chapter, Matthew chapter 9. It's the place, Olivet, where Jesus in Matthew 21 was presented as king. And they got the branches and he entered in and they magnify him, King Jesus. 
It is Mount of Olives that we heard tonight where Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Judas knew where he'd be, and he went to that place that was so sacred to Jesus and said, I'm going to go ahead and betray him right here. It was John chapter 8, verse number 1, where the Bible said, And Jesus, rising a great while before day, went to the Mount of Olivet. It's a sacred place. <clears throat> it's the place where Jesus, pardon me, <coughs> caught the woman in adultery. They caught her in adultery and brought her to that place <coughs> and said that this woman is guilty. It's the Mount of Olives. I want you to see this text tonight. He sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us. We want to know when this is all going to be thrown down. Tell us these things when they be. What shall be the sign of the coming of the end of the world? So Jesus begins to teach them. He's soon going to be betrayed after 25. He'll have the trial in 26, Matthew, uh, and 27. And he'll die for our sins and be lifted up. This is the last place. And as Jesus is teaching them, he said, now boys, I hope that doesn't sound sacrilegious, maybe I shouldn't have said it. And men, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples said, come tell us. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, the first thing he teaches, number one, take heed, pay attention, that no man deceive you. And if you're writing notes, one, beware of deception. Jesus is teaching, beware of deception. You know, deception is what the first sin was about with Adam, from Adam and Eve to Adam and Eve. The devil said, you're not going to die. Hath God said, hath God really said that? Deception. And yes, Adam should have said, Jesus did, God said that. That's what he said. We can't touch that. Oh no, he said, if you touch it, you'll become a God. The devil deceives us. He's the great deceiver. He's the one that can look, make wrong look good. This world right now, everything that's wrong looks good. Everything that's right looks bad to them. Everything that's righteous looks wicked to them, and everything's wicked, they want to say it's righteous. It's a good thing. It's for the kids. It's for the home. It's for the family. It's for your rights. Jesus, don't get deceived. God's people need to be so full of this book that when people come by with other theologies, I hope you'll listen carefully. A lot of times when I say something in church, I'm preaching about something that's happening right now. When, when I'll say something like, do not come to this church and pass your materials of your religion and your thoughts in our place here. That means somebody has been doing that. And I've talked to people who said, I don't want you doing that here. Whenever I might go to something and start hammering away on that, say, I wonder what he's trying to get to. What I'm talking about is what I'm trying to get to. We get deceived so easily. 
We leave churches because we're deceived. We get sideways with people because someone deceives us. I see it all the time. In my ministry, I like to go a day without someone being deceived. A preacher called me, said, Brother Treber, I've been at my church uh, 35, almost 40 years, whatever it is now. He said, but I never thought, I never ever thought something that had been with me almost the entire th- time, the dearest on earth, I never thought they would betray. But we get wound up and people begin to lead us astray. Be careful God's word says of that. Be careful of a Janus and Jamborees and be careful of a Korah and be careful of a Demas that want to pull you away. Be careful. And Jesus said, you're going to get deceived. He goes, don't get deceived. Look, he's used that word again in verse 5. Many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Beware of deception. Notice what he says in verse 11. And because iniquity, excuse me, and, and many, verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise. There's the third time. Deceive many. Look at verse 24. And there shall arise false Christ and false prophets shall signs and wonders insomuch as it possible. They shall deceive the very elect. I believe with all my heart our churches that are strong, independent, fundamental, soul winning, separated Baptist churches that are being sucked in to this user-friendly seminar approach, uh, praise teams, uh, worship leaders, no choirs, no offering, no uh, uh, that you pass the plate, no, no invitations, no Sunday school, uh, no hymn books, and, and yet we're independent fundamental. No, no, no. You have been deceived. You have not followed uh, the, the, the uh, heritage of your life. You have followed some new evangelical. You have followed some compromiser. You have followed some type of charismatic. You have followed the program of the day. And so now our church is preaching is about extinct. It's about extinct. It's all seminars. It's all the overhead. Point one I want to give you tonight is this. This is not a seminar. This is not a social club. It's not all about play here. This is a church, a New Testament called out assembly that has been given a commission, a job to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't get deceived. And so our Lord deals with it. Notice what else. And by the way, Satan's great at deceiving. He got a third of the angels to follow him. Notice what, secondly, Jesus teaches them. He said, I want you to be aware of religious deception. And those verses I talked about, verse 4, 5, 11, and 24, are religious groups coming in and deceiving us. The third thing he says, I want you to look at this in verse number 6. Ye shall hear of wars. Here's what's, here's, here's what's going to be taking place. Not only deception and religious chaos. You're going to hear of wars, rumors of wars, be not trouble. Watch, this is an important statement. For all, listen to this carefully. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We have wars going on. We have deception going on. Uh, we have all this uh, all going on that he's going to talk about. Jesus said, okay, you're going to see that, but the end's not yet. 
When, when Jesus snatches us out of here, the rapture of the church, taking us to heaven, we're not there yet. He said, these are things that are going to be happening. You know, we may have to live through some difficult, we're not living through the tribulation. God has not appointed us to wrath, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. God never gives wrath on his people. He can bring judgment, but not wrath. God's not appointed us unto wrath. He's made an ark to escape. He's made the New Testament local church. He's made God's people. You've been born again. You're going, uh, lift up your heads, my brethren. He's coming again. But, but look, he says there's going to be wars. These things are not yet to come to pass. What, what else is going to happen? Nations shall rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdoms. There shall be famines. By the way, that's why he's talking about wars. Famine normally follows wars. There's going to be famines. There'll be pestilence. What is pestilence? An easy way to remember pestilence is COVID-19. That was a pestilence. What is pestilence? It's disease. And I think, you know, through the health program in this country now, and that's why we were all so, so against uh, 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 the, the government-run Obamacare. Why? Because government should not be controlling your body. And have you noticed that people used to come from Canada to America to get our health care because it was so good? And now it's really difficult to get an appointment. And now you've got it. Now I know you can get appointments fast. And I'm of all the 70 some people in the medical field, God bless you. What you do, you're the best, you're the greatest. I love you. We were so indebted to all of our doctors and surgeons and whatnot for my wife. But I tell you what, the whole system is different than it was. Thank you, you folks that are in the medicine nodding your head and greeting with me. Nonetheless, there shall be pestilence. And what else? Earthquakes in divers different places. All these are the, what's that word? There's that word again. Verse number eight. All these are the beginning of sorrows. What else is going to go on? Well, verse number nine. They shall deliver, I see the time. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. This martyrdom may, may come, may come long before the rapture of Jesus tarries. It's already in many countries of the world. Betrayal is going to be part of the hour, hour, hour. in verse 10. And many shall be offended. <laughs> That's the day we live in. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. God's people ought never to allow the sun to go down on our wrath. Ever. So uh, that wife, I can't get along with her. Well, sir, then you ought to humble yourself and try to get along. Man up. Sometimes we blame women on everything. Why don't we, why don't we start with you? Well, why don't you treat that, 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 that wife 
I heard a preacher 30 years ago say, the great, 40 years ago, perhaps the greatest thing you could do for your children is to love their mama. Mama's the queen bee. Helen, you don't know what I live with. No, but I imagine what it must be like living with you, sir. There's the indifference of God's people because of, verse 12, because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There's a statement we're speaking to the choir right now. In other words, the cream of the crop. I look at this auditorium, balcony, lower floor, these buildings filled, the other building filled. I'm speaking to the best of the best. The vast majority in this room probably did not have dinner. I had it on the run. You come to the house of God. But don't allow ever your heart to become indifferent and cold to the things of God. We're about done for tonight. Verse 13. And he that shall endure. Now this is a confusing verse. He that shall endure until the end. There's the end again. The beginning, the end. We keep seeing this. Saw the end in verse number six. And now he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. This salvation is not, it could not be Bible salvation to be born again. He's talking in context about these events. And these things are going to be taking place. And endure means just simply those that remain are stay calm. Brother Randy, you're such a calm guy. But we live in a day of chaos. I, I mean, folks, I was talking to somebody, I don't know who it was this week. I live for church. I live, I live for elementary chapel, high school chapel, college chapel, my class. I live for Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I live for it because, you know, out there, all this stuff out there is just garbage. And deal with all that garbage. All of you have to do it. We all have to do it. We just all have to do it. Being in this, just, I come in here and I hear those girls sing. I wanted to sing. I told Brother Martinez, I, I, if, if I had time, to, uh, I am home. I am home. I see King Jesus. They were singing about home. Brother Jackson, your good song. They went right together tonight. Oh, I tell you what, I don't, I don't come to church to get out. I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Well, I tell you what, I love church. It refreshes me. It lifts my spirit. It, it, it gets me away from the garbage that we have to deal with people all day long. And the sorrows and the disappointments and the heartaches. And, and, and here, he said, look, you endure, you remain, you bear up calmly amid the ill treatment that you're experiencing. That's what the word endure deals. You're, you're experiencing ill will towards you. But the, here's the, the, the promise. The same shall be saved. God says, I'll deliver you. He is able to deliver you. And then we close with verse 14. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world. Isn't that a great, wonderful thought? God's word's still going to be going out. Yeah, Brother Moyer, I don't know how many countries we're speaking to right now, but they're all around the world listening to this service. 
They heard Brother Sloan describe this tonight. I guarantee it, there are thousands of people that are going to spend some time in Matthew 24 and 25. Why? Because from this place tonight, and for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a week, the gospel is going forth. We are now, Brother Moyer, are you still up there? How many, I know he's there somewhere, maybe went down to the mixing room for a moment. Brother Ethan, there you are. How many, how many languages, the plan of salvation now, in their language do we have online? 139 countries can go to our website and actually hear in their own language the plan of salvation, the Romans road, and how to be saved and to pray and ask Christ to save them. 139 languages, and we're growing on it all the time. The gospel is going to be preached. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.